Hey everybody, uh, welcome to Giraffes Have Black Tongues, I'm Ralph. I'm Dave. And if you like that sweet, sweet sound we have, that's our new theme song. My nipples are hard just thinking about it. If you want to know who this person is who created it, you know, you can go to his SoundCloud. And we also have a special guest here named Richard. Say hello. Oh, hey guys. So Richard, while you're sitting here, tell us what that sweet SoundCloud's called. All right, so the guy who made the music, his name is Daniel Burbank. You can find him on SoundCloud at slash Daniel Burbank. And his Bandcamp as well is Daniel Burbank at Bandcamp.com. Very good music. Uh, I love the way it sounds. Nice mellow feel to it if you want to relax or just get a little slice of life in your life. Let me mention a little bit about the people who make this happen, especially our buddy Donald Lewandowski at DonaldLewandowski.com, who's a person that always, like I say, makes us sound slightly less retarded and actually brings quality to all our po- to everything we do and post. So that's go to DonaldLewandowski.com if you have anything for sound, video editing, anything. He can do it, and he does it pretty fast. The second person I want to mention is Full Grip Games, located on 121 East Market Street in Akron, Ohio. You go down there if you want to have anything to do with Magic the Gathering. If you want to play any kind of niche board games. If you like playing Pokemon, Street Fighter tournaments coming really, really soon. You'll see yours truly down there running them. That's the place for you. It's I call it Nerd Heaven. They got couches, very comfy couches, and the best bathroom you've ever seen in your life. Richie can testify to this. It's a nice bathroom. It's an insane bathroom. So (laughs) come on down to 121 East Market Street at Full Grip Games and get your game on. All right, so let's let's get it started here. How was your week? You know, it's been a while. You know, we've had the holidays going on. What have you been up to? Oh, man, nothing. Um, any, uh, weird Christmas gifts you've gotten? I got, I got this, uh, Alexa thing that never stops talking and can hear me constantly. It sounded good on paper, but it literally picks up everything I say, so we had to unplay it. Nice, we could fuck with it. Yeah, oh yeah, oh no, we could totally fuck with it. It's a weird device because it does trivia and stuff, but then sometimes it doesn't know shit and you're just screaming at it. You're just like, Alexa, pizza bagels! And it just doesn't do anything. <laughs> so, uh, what about you? What did you get for Christmas? Nothing shirts. really. Happened. Adult stuff, shirts, and... No. <laughs> no. I got a wallet. Nice. nice. <laughs> Alright, so the first thing I want to talk about is I went to a place called Big Fun. It's in Cleveland. It's a vintage shop. And when I went to the shop, it had a bunch it was like Nerd Heaven. They had Magic the Gathering cards. Oh, the other there. Place was Nerd Heaven. Oh, this is a second Nerd Heaven this or the a Nerd Cleveland location. Yeah, the Cleveland no- okay. Yeah, if you believed in like a different nerd god. So <laughs> This place had Yu-Gi-Oh cards, five for, five for a dollar, Magic cards, five for a dollar. I don't know if there were rares or anything in there. I didn't have time to look. He-Man action figures, all these collectibles. And while I was looking through everything, I found this tin right here. I'll have pictures and we'll have a video of the, of this tin later for you guys. I've already posted one picture on a few things we have, because as you know, we have our Twitter. Uh, what's our Twitter feed for those that don't know? Uh, it's at Dave? Giraffes HBT Pod. Rolls right off the fucking tongue, right? Yeah. No, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we also have a Facebook page. We have Giraffes Have Black Tongues. And what we're going to start doing is we're going to post pictures about the episodes, and we're going to give you a little bit about the 10. So we'll have a picture to show you all the stuff we unbox. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to do an unboxing of this tin and to give you a description. It is called the X-Men 20 Metallic Impressions Collector's Card. Okay? And it is a tin that were only 12,000 were made. It was made back in the day. When you open it, it has a little certificate to show you the print run. And we'll take pictures of all these and put it on for you guys. I have set number 3,512. Nice. Top 5,000. Yep. I wish I had number one or number 12,000. I'd probably shit my pants. So, right now, I'm going to pull out... We're going to pull out a few. I'm going to have each go around. We're going to pull out one. We're going to tell you who they are, but we're not going to read the backs. And that's going to be our little mini unboxing for this. And then, when we unveil a couple things later on, we'll tell you how you get to see the rest of this. So, what do you got here for the first one? I got Gambit. Alright, we got Gambit. Pretty badass looking Gambit, though. Okay. I got Bishop. So we got Gambit and Bishop. And as I give them to Richie, he's going to lie them out on the other side of the table. So we'll have pictures for the page here. Ooh, okay. Psylocke. Psylocke, alright. 
I got Beast. I love Beast. It's a Cyclops. Like the classic like 90s cartoon Yeah, these Cyclops. these are like the 90s the blue team. And gold. Oh, shit. I got Phoenix. Okay. I hate Phoenix. Rogue. True Bay. Okay, I got Apocalypse. Nice. I got Storm. See, there's a good Bay. I got Professor Charles Xavier. These are all metal cards. I can't wait for you guys to see these. They're, like, phenomenal. This is a super feral-looking Wolverine. That one looks terrifying. Like yeah, that no, that's, that's actually awesome. very sick. I have the X-Men. So this is a card with the whole entire X-Men team oh, on wait. it. I also have the X-Men. Damn. That's like, uh, I know they're not even different teams, are they? I was thinking maybe it was like the blue and the gold teams. I think it's just like different times in, their, in the series. Let's see, there's another one. Ooh, Cable. Alright, nice. oh, I got Sentinel, which is one of my favorite characters in Marvel vs. Capcom 2. I was going to say, if it's your favorite X-Men character, I, mean, I have to break something new. Yeah, you're rooting for the wrong yeah. team, man. No, no, no. I got Magneto. I got the Juggernaut. Oh, Very that's, nice. That's a good character. Ooh, Sabretooth. Also super yeah. feral and like bloody and killer looking. That is sick. All right, and then we got two more here. I have Archangel. Nice. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, I love, I love Archangel. And I got oh, Iceman. He's looking very Omega-powered level, like when he bulks up, like he does like that Ice Hulk version. Now, what I, cool. what I was going to reveal to you guys is, is we also have a YouTube page coming, and it's called Baby Giraffes. And what we're going to do is, is maybe next month, maybe quicker than that, just depends on when we feel like it. Because here at Giraffes Have Black Tongues, we do what the fucks we want. We're lazy. We're very lazy. Um, so... We're going to start doing videos and mini episodes, and those are also going to be converted into podcasts, but the cool part is, is that you guys get to see our faces. I don't know why you'd want to do that. We're horrible looking, but you guys get to see our faces, and you get to see what we're unboxing and stuff we're doing and while we're talking and sitting here. So that'll give you more content and more stuff to check out on us, so get ready for our YouTube page called Baby Giraffes. I'd say give it about a couple weeks, maybe two weeks. And another great thing about Baby Giraffes is it gives us a chance that when we're not around each other, you get to see individual videos of ourselves, too. So maybe you'll get to see Dave drinking Diet Mountain Dew while playing a sports game. Happens and, a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it, who knows? I would say maybe you'll get to see me in my classic no shirt sitting here playing Overwatch just for your entertainment. Whatever we feel like doing at the time. So that's going to be Baby Giraffes, so get ready for that. So... Tell me, what should you uh, talk about here? We have two choices here. We can go the magic route, we can go the comic route. I say we can get the magic thing out the way here. So, listen guys, we're, we're going to make this quick. I have Richard here because he's an expert in magic like myself. He knows the community pretty well. I don't know if I'd say expert, but I'll take your praise. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm not saying either of us are pros, but you know, we're, we're okay magic players. We're going to get this out the way. As a lot of you already know about the magic drama and the whole pedophile community thing. We're just going to get a little more deep detail into it, and I'm going to get Richard's opinion. He's going to break down to you basically what is going on for those of you that don't know. You're putting this on me. It's yeah. on me. Oh, yeah. Just give them a little synopsis. We don't have to go too heavy with this, and then we're going to have opinions, and we want you guys to have opinions. Comment, comment on our page. Comment, give us your opinions about how you feel about it. You There's can no tweet wrong them answer. At us at giraffes hbt pod, by the way. Yep, or go to Facebook. We just want to know how you guys feel after we talk about this. All right. So, where do we start? The cosplayer's name is Christina Sprinkles. 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 It's like Sprank. I don't know. I'm not super well versed on everything here, but uh, Christina Sprinkles, cosplayer in the MTG community, she. Uh, was trying to get out to a tournament, I believe is how you said it was. Because yeah. I don't actually know what initiative I, be I believe it was a GoFundMe to get funds well, to she, go to she the... Has a, she has a Patreon, is yeah. what it was. It's a I, Patreon. I know it was a Patreon, but she was probably trying to get the funding and go to a tournament, cosplay at the next big Grand Prix or something like that. And uh, somewhere along the way, she tweeted something about she's no longer going to cosplay for the community... 
I'm trying to keep it short. She eventually named Unsleeve Media, or which goes by various different names. I think he has another page called the Quartering. Yeah, and yeah, the Quartering's what he's on now. I don't know if the Unsleeve Media is still a thing or not. Yeah, I believe it got a mass ban, but then he got he worked with YouTube to get it back. It was either the Quartering or Unsleeve Media. One of the two got flagged enough. To where he had to fight to get it back, but now it's back again. But that's irrelevant to what we're talking about. Right. So, I mean, it's just to put it out there so you know who's involved. Uh, She named him as the biggest issue, which he's been an issue, and you know, not to have any bias going either way. But for other people in the community, he's probably known as a bit of a bully, very... uh, Mm-hmm. Very rash opinions uh, on one side of the spectrum without and, looking on. You know, side. and his and he always does these things where he's like, "Yeah, I do Pepe memes to make fun of people, but people shouldn't be so sensitive. If it bothers somebody, why are you even doing it? You know what right, I mean? Like, right. why t- torture somebody for the sake of torture?" So when people found out about this, some of the other big magic YouTube community faces came and spoke out about it. Wedge from the Man of Source got on Twitter. He was very angry about it. He never made a video. No. But the professor from uh, Tolarian Community College did make a video, and regardless of whether it was a personal attack or not, you saved that for your own opinion, riled up a lot of folks, uh, people really got on either side of the argument, but there was so much outspokenness against Unsleeved Media that Wizards was forced to kind of take action on it, and they ended up banning the guy's dci number which mm-hmm. includes his account on mtgo which is the magic the gathering online also means he can't go to any tournaments correct yes yeah so he can't be at any tournaments and this is not like a normal person who can change his dci number they have his picture up he's you know he has followers obviously they don't want him there for, for a those reason. of us not super well versed in this stuff What's the DC, DTI number? DCI, DCI. Good question, thank uh, you. In fact, I'll pull up my wallet. But when you play in your first event, it could be a Friday Night Magic, it could be pre-release, you are given a card that has a number on it. Think of it like a social security number, but for Magic the Gathering. You receive that card so that they can register you for the event, and then you register this DCI number with your name on it online so that every time you play... That gets recorded to do your DCI number, and a lot of people, these pros, their DCI number is there. It's like if you're a baseball player, your records are on there, your, oh, okay. any sort of sports. Uh, and depending on how they do in the year, you know, they can qualify for going to the these pro tours and stuff. And your your DCI number is important. It's who okay. you are in the community when it boils down. If you're a competitive player. He's a, uh, Jeremy, from Unsleeve Media, he was a big uh, Magic the Gathering online player, so that's where he got hit the hardest. Because when you buy stuff on Magic the Gathering online, part of the terms of agreement are, if you get banned, you don't have time to sell your shit, unless you know about it in advance. I think he knew about it in advance from people that worked there, so he said he got a chance to sell some of his stuff. But once it's gone, it's gone. And that, that's the risk of any sort of digital media like that. Yeah. Video games, uh, movies, anything. I'll tell you guys, I remember back in the day when Slam and G-Tunes were popular. That was a card game that was like the smoothest card game out there. Once they stopped, I spent a ton of my mom's credit card in that in that money and like I, it was gone. I'll have to ask you what Slam and G Tunes. Slam and G Tunes, you could play a sample one on Cartoon Network Science Games. Okay, they have a sample. I just needed to know it's yep. from Cartoon Network. It's from Cartoon Network. It was a card game. They have a sample one and you win two ways. You win by highest number or by biggest amount of the same color. It was a simple ah. card game, it was smooth, and it was like one of the best card games out there, and they'll okay. never bring it back. And I'll I'll have you try it, then next time you're on, you can talk about how addicted okay. you are to this game. Alright, sure. So, uh, yeah, so he got banned. He's obviously unhappy about it. Um, another thing, just to add to it so I can move on to what Ralph really, I'm sure, wants to talk about. One of the big reasons he did get banned wasn't just from this, but again, he's been problematic for quite a few people. One of his biggest things is that he had, like, the secret Facebook group. He got all of his fans on there. Yeah. It even included some pro players that just wanted in on the fun. He would put little bounties out, like, hey, if you go to this person's, uh, what you call it, a panel at a convention and do this and this, you know, I'll totally do this and this for you sort of thing. Uh, Some real bullshit. 
But uh, getting away from that, because there was somebody else that got like a six-month ban from it, but Jeremy got a lifetime ban. Yeah. And going past that, you know, a lot of ups... He was very upset. So the person that gives the heat can't take the heat back. You know, everything's unfair. He decided to put an ultimatum out there. I, I believe I watched one of his videos. I could probably even pull it up. He said he was going to give Wizards a couple of days before he just started unleashing some secrets. Nobody knew what he was talking about. Obviously, he knows people that works for Wizards. I feel like when you when you have that many views, you have fans, obviously, the Magic community gives you and sponsors you for things. You're going to know their employers, so and you start learning stuff. One other thing. You guys told me off uh, before we started recording, just so everyone listening knows, yeah. what is Wizards? Explain that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Wizards of the Coast is the company that owns and makes Magic the Gathering, and just to go further up the actual echelon, like that chain, the Wizards is owned by Hasbro's. Yeah. So, Wizards of the Coast, which also controls D&D. They make Pokemon the trading card game. They don't game. anymore. Oh, they, they don't anymore. They started Pokemon the trading card game, but they no longer have Who owns it now? I just think it just goes through the Pokemon company now. Oh, okay, that's pretty slick. Yeah, actually. because Wizards dropped that shit like a hotcake when they thought it wasn't going to sell anymore, and then it made a resurgence. Yeah, a huge resurgence. People love Pokemon. All right, so the thing you come to find out after waiting a while, he posts a video and he tells you that over a dozen different judges in the Magic community are pedophiles. Everybody's really shocked about this. Parents obviously have the biggest anger about this because... They don't want their kids around sexual predators, and I don't blame them. Obviously, they're sexual predators. Even if they did their time, did their courses, they still can't be around children, and it's a problem. But he didn't do it, and this is where I get the most frustrated about, because he gave a shit about the magic community. He did it to be, like, petty because he couldn't do anything, and that's kind of shitty. And it's like, if you knew about this... You should have came clean a long time ago. You were fine with kids being around these inappropriate adults as long as you got to play Magic the Gathering online. I think that's kind of shitty, but that's it's whatever. It's pretty shitty. He obviously didn't do it because he was a good person. He did it because he wanted to do a holier-than-thou... And, well, first of all, yeah, he wanted his account back. Yeah. But he also wanted to make himself look like the better person. But you can't do that with the way that he did that. For the fans out there, you know, I'll t- we'll tell you right now, this is our opinion. We'll say that right now. So, this is our opinion. Give us your opinion. Don't be afraid to. We'd love to read what you guys think about it. Do you think what he did was a great cause? And if it was a great cause because he was just trying to help? Or do you think he was doing it just to be a shithead? You know, no, there's literally no wrong answer here. We're just telling you guys what we think yeah. about it. Yeah, and I, I'm not going to say I necessarily agree with everything that happened. And I'm not mm-hmm. going to say that, you know, I like the guy or don't like the guy either way. But I do think, I do have opinions on it. And I don't, you know, I, that's the most I can say. Yeah, I, I watch I watch his YouTube channel. I like some of the stuff he does. I just, that's my opinion on it. I think if not, if he would have got his cards back, if he was still in wiz- doing his Wizards the Coast stuff that he's been doing, going to tournaments, we would never know about it to this day. So... I just think that's shitty of him. That's just that's that's just my opinion. Like I said, go to Facebook, go to our Twitter. Let us know what you think because I'd love to hear your thoughts about it. Call us shitheads for all we care about. We don't care. We just read the comments and laugh anyway. It's fine. I, I am a shithead. Yeah, so, yeah, I was say, we'll just read the comments and enjoy you going, fuck you guys. All right, so let's get into comics now that we've talked about this and in, in to full extent here. What's some new comics we got here from uh, Grandmaster Dave? Oh man, so I've been, I have had like two weeks off because when our company made the transition from one to another, okay. we had a, a whole bunch of like free sick days, which I, I just took recently, so I've had all this time off, so I've just been reading a fucking ton. Most recently I read the newest edition of The Rat Queens, Volume 4. You guys, I don't know if you guys have ever read or heard about it, but it might be sort of up your guys' alley. Yeah, I've never heard of it, but I'm interested. So it's like a, uh, so basically the backstory is Curtis Weibel, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that rightly, probably not, but anyway, he's the creator and the writer. He took a year off last April uh, because there was a bunch of turmoil going on with all the uh, artists that were working on it, and you couldn't find like the right match, and uh, 
So they took a year delay and then they just came back. Uh, so they got a new team. Everything hopefully has worked out now. It's a D&D based uh, fantasy like renaissance fair time kind of uh, a story. Basically there's a cast of four characters. They're females. They call themselves the Rat Queens. They live in the city called Palisades. They're an adventurer team. So basically that's all the work that they have in the town. Anytime someone needs like an errand run uh, to go and collect some rare item or they need something protected, something shit like that, they're one of the ones that always like apply for these gigs and get them and that's how they get paid. Um, the cast is made up. There's a uh, troll warrior named Vivian who is this uh, redhead with this awesome beard that she has until I think it's like issue three. She actually finally shaves her beard just because she wants to stop going by like troll standards and shit. Oh, she, she wants to look like a lady? She didn't do it because she wanted to look like a lady. She wanted to rebel against like her troll upbringing. Like all trolls have beards in this oh, world. okay. So yeah, she's just... Is she or is she that. not hot without the beard? I'm sorry, I have to know. The beard was hotter. Damn. My <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was a red beard. Of course it was hot. Okay, okay, fair enough. So... She, she's like the warrior, the fighter of the team. Then you have Hannah, who is a uh, mage slash part demon. She's the uh, the magician of the team. She's like the funny badass. And then you have Dee, who's a human cleric. She's the only human on the group. And the last one is my personal favorite. She's a smidgen character, which is a uh, sort of shorter elf-type thief character. Hmm. Like in issue four, the newest one I just read, they do a flashback and they show her before she gets like corrupted by Hannah. She's kind of like a dreadlocked hippie character. Like that's the thing. She always brings either, she always brings a giant bag of candy to eat for all her meals. That's her preference. And a giant bag of hallucinogenic mushrooms and other drugs just because she loves candy and drugs. So she's like the comic relief. She's fucking hilarious. I feel like she has like three teeth and it's just high all the time. She is high all the time. That's okay. Fact, yeah. I was going to say, that just sounds horrible for your teeth and horrible <laughs> for your body. I, I mean, she, she must have a good dental plan as like an adventurer. Okay. Her teeth are high. Okay. And so then there's another adventure crew until issue three called the Four Daves. Greatest thing to ever happen to comics, the Four Daves. They're literally just named Dave. It's all just horrible. four dudes named Dave who <laughs> found each other fantastic. and they teamed up. It, it's awesome. <laughs> nice. So, so there's like a uh, a warrior Dave. There's a uh, smidgen Dave. There's a troll Dave, and then the star of the series is Orc Dave. Orc Dave is this giant monster orc, awesome beard. He has a family of blue jays that live in his beard, and he is Vi's like fuck buddy boyfriend type guy. But he, he's so popular, in fact, that like he got his own little spin-off, one-off issue, just called Orc Dave's Legend, or the Legend of Orc Dave, or something. You, you understand if we ever try to do a and d campaign on here, that you're going to have to be Orc Dave. thousand percent being You're going to have to be Orc Dave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have the beard, or we're, we're just going to put a family of Blue Jays in there. Fuck yeah. I'm a thousand percent into that, yeah. So, um, they're like the best allies that they have. There's also a uh, female Orc. Uh, named Bragda, who actually, in issue four, this newest one, she actually joins, and she becomes the fifth queen. And then besides them, there's a couple other allies. There's, like, the uh, Palisades, like, defending team, led by this guy named Sawyer, who's kind of Hannah's fuck-buddy boyfriend guy. Hmm. And his second-in-command is this girl whose name I always butcher. It's something like Uribe or something like that, but she is Betty's lesbian girlfriend. Oh. Volume three ended with a giant, like, squid mind-controlling thing that came and attacked. And so it's kind of taken over, like, all of our beloved, like, allies and friends in the book. Like, Sawyer and uh, Betty's girl, they're both possessed by it right now. Orc Dave is, too. So, like, it, it shows them briefly for a minute where they all kind of, like, check in on them. Betty's all super depressed because she, she they all love Orc Dave and they want him and Vi to still be together. But uh, Vi's kind of, like, moving on because it's been so long and they, have, they know he's in there. They can't, like, figure out how to, like, break this uh, mind control that's on them. So, how, how did the mind control happen? It's been a while since I read that one. It's something to do with uh, Dee's estranged husband, another human. They're, they're like a wizardy human group who, who grow up with this religious cult where they worship whatever that fucking squid thing is. Cthulhu? It's, it's like that. Okay. It's hmm. something like that. I don't know what they actually call it in these. But somehow... He comes to Palisades and to find Dee, try to like get her to go back with him. She refuses, so he unleashes it on her. 
I think it's kind of just using all these people he's got possessed right now to like rebuild, but which is kind of good, except for the fact that it's like in possession of everyone they love. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's kind of like going on. They really don't touch on it all that much in this one. It's just a, a little bit of like a flashback and like they check in on them real quick just to see that they're like still breathing and they're mm. just kind of stand there like mindless zombies though with this thing in control. So after like Brogda joins, the other big part is Barry who is Vi's brother. We met him a little bit ago during issue three. So apparently the backstory is Vi left her home under unfavorable circumstances she had a fallen out with her father because she didn't want to follow like the troll guidelines for how they have to grow up and live or something like that oh, okay so barry her brother comes in to like try to like convince her to go back home because the parents miss her obviously you learn out you learn now that he's decided to leave home himself because he's inspired by Vi's decision and he's just gonna start his own adventuring crew called the cat kings basically he's got human guy versions of the queens mm -hmm. but it's like hilariously awful versions there's a, a old disgraced replaced uh, wizard guy named zephram the retired zephram the retired or something like that just this old wizard man who just keeps falling asleep during all the missions like halfway through oh that sounds like me i won't be zephram <laughs> that does sound like ralph <laughs> i fall listen Fun fact, if you guys want to really get to know us here at Giraffes Black, Have Black Tongues, I fall asleep constantly. I could probably fall asleep in the middle of a sentence if it, if it wasn't for, like, just me talking and hitting my head on something. <laughs> He's not lying. And then there's a uh, dude named Neil, who's, like, the fun guy of the group. I don't know, like, he's got to be some is, kind of magician. Is he, like, the fun guy, like, how there's, like, a fun person, not, not going to mention at my office, who tells horrible jokes? Is he that kind of fun guy, or is he actually fun? Mm, probably that first. Is he like Buzz Barry Killington? Very describes him specifically as the fun guy of the group. Oh, Jesus. And like, okay. you, you see him, he's, he's wearing a costume of all mushrooms. Like, he has some kind of power where he can grow whatever fungi he wants to grow. So his clothing is just oh, all fucking no. mushrooms. The fun guy of the group. Okay, I get fun it. Guy. Yeah. Mushrooms. Yeah, and then okay. he's the D of the group, and then the version of Betty that they have is just this giant sentient mushroom that he grew named Buddy, who just <laughs> creeped nice. the hell out of Barry so much because it's just a little mushroom that just follows them around and won't leave their side. So he had uh, the wizard just glue on some Google eyes to it, so it at least has something he can like look at when he's talking to it. This sounds amazing. So, so like That's... their their whole story arc is they just keep interrupting the queens and, like, stealing all the uh, gigs that they're trying to get. They just keep showing up at the very last second to actually get the job done. Like, there's a giant monster bird lizard thing that's uh, terrorizing the town. So there's a bounty out on its head. The queens go through all this bullshit trying to kill it. Like, they have to grab on, they get picked up, but he gets swallowed whole by it. So they have to cut it up and, like, try to escape it. And it crashes, and they all think it's dead finally. And then Barry just shows up out of nowhere as it squawks, like as it's still alive, and just cuts his head right off, and they get the money and the reward for it. So they end up looking amazing every time. Yeah. And then the other team by, does like, all the work. circumstantial yeah. luck. Yeah, yeah. And they do all the grind work while these guys just like come up at the last second, just fuck it up, and just get the money. So that's kind of like what the whole story four arc is. It ends with like this wizard flying in on a weird, sort of like that creature from uh, the never-ending story that giant white oh what was his uh, name what was it? Falcor? Falcor. Falcor. Yeah, yeah yeah it's something kind of looks like a shorter version of a falcor sort of I, I don't know what the fuck is going to be up with that but it should be awesome okay so what would you give this is this like one of the better comics you've read or what would you rate this since now we have a ra rating system since tammy and the t-rex oh wait what what's your rating yeah. system yeah, is yeah, it yeah. On, based on a system of fruits no, 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 no. I, I think we go one out of ten, right? Ten being the best. And it depends on what category we have, because this category is going to be for best comic Davis read, I guess. So this series, I would probably, as the series as a whole, I would give it like an eight. Okay. It's hilarious, crass adult humor, and it, it's just really funny, nonsensical shit. So it's a lot of fun, too. This version of the story, I guess, just okay. chapter four, I guess, is probably like a... Salt seven, seven and a half. Oh, Pretty nice. 
All right. All right. Well, there you go. That go- that includes uh, or concludes uh, Dave's uh, comics here. Moving on, we're going to talk about something that uh, me and our special guest here, Richard. By the way, say hello, Richard. I mean, uh, he's been talking here for a little bit, but we haven't really gotten a chance to know anything about him. Well, hi, everybody. Yeah. You know, here at Giraffes Have Black Tongues, we're kind of rude. I mean, tell us a little bit about yourself, sir. What do you what do you like to do? Man, I'm probably the only guest you really brought on that wasn't here for a specific purpose, so I don't really... No, no, that's all our guests. Magic and the yeah. Evo. You're rude yeah. for Magic and yeah. we're going to talk about, yeah. Yeah, yeah I suppose, but, um, man, I don't know if there's much to say about me. That's uh, okay. What do you like to, what do you like to do? I, I play video games, I read, I'm draw occasionally there you go i have dogs that says enough bam there you go all right so the main reason why i brought richard on here is you know we're talking about magic but we're also talking about my favorite thing competitive fighting games we just saw japanese evo and i believe that was the first one they've ever done right that was the first one they've ever done sponsored by cup noodles red bulls (laughs) give you wings yeah and, and red bull don't forget red bull now I'm going to give you this, Richie's going to give you the good shit, the knowledge, I'm going to give you the shit I do best, which is nothing. So, (laughs) when we first get there, and I'm looking at Evo, we're at a friend's house, Japanese Evo. Your typical fighting game, it looks very underground for its first one. Um, There's a, I'd say like 50 people probably showed up to that, maybe more like 60 or 70, how... A lot of people showed up to that. I don't know. The stands looked a little empty. They looked super full, but it's hard to judge in a crowd setting. That's just the people that got the tickets to be in that room. So how many people do you think? I couldn't tell you. I'd have to look into it. Okay, that's fine. So wait, is it like a IX Center type convention? Well, yeah, it's like a convention. I'm not, I couldn't tell you exactly how It's they, in Japan. We know I, that I much. couldn't tell you. I didn't do enough research exactly how they had it sorted. But normal Evo, I mean, normal Evo, the one they run in the summer here over in Vegas, is it used to be just like that one. And there were still tons of people that went to that and this is like after grassroots evo too like when it was starting to gain traction they started streaming so i know there were a ton of people there but you're buying tickets for friday saturday and then sunday are your grand finals like your big top eights the grand final shit so before they got the big convention center that they've been doing in vegas everything was through the hotel and you had your main stuff in the convention hall of the hotel. And then on Sundays, they took off an entire other section for the ones that I got to go to. And if you paid, you were in there to watch it live. And if you just had a normal pass, they had viewing stations set up outside so you could watch the stream without any delay. You're not watching it through Twitch. You're watching it through the cameras that they had. And then if you weren't in there at all, then you were watching it on Twitch, on your phone, or back at home. So that's probably a lot more like what it was like there. It might have even been the earlier where they just had everything there, and then, yeah, maybe that's everybody that was able to come in on Sunday. Okay. But there was more than 50 people. Okay, okay I fair enough. I promise you there so, were more than 50 people. First of all, because of their sponsors, which is Red Bull and Cup Noodle, we don't know who Cup, else. Cup and Noodle was the only important one. There's a giant mascot Cup Noodle oh, walking man. around everywhere. He's on the stage when the like winners are being announced. He can't see. They have to grab his hand and guide him. It was this is a blind awesome. cup of giant noodles. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> he can't see oh, shit this awesome. whole time. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was literally and, the best. And the announcers, you could just totally tell they're selling out because they need this money. Oh, dude, One man. of the announcers were like, "Man, I just had this this uh, Asian beef pork cup noodles, and man, oh. was it delicious!" I'm like, "Oh, oh my god, <laughs> those motherfuckers didn't have to, but they did. They just yeah. had cups of noodles stacked at their announcers. <laughs> they're desk. just eating cup noodles. Sit there watching Evo, and occasionally they'd blip in a little cup of noodles on the bottom of the screen, <laughs> and it'd just be static sitting there yeah. in the overlay." And then, like, during certain hype points, you just hear stuff like, you'd hear somebody go for perfect, and you just hear one of the announcers go, Red Bull gives you wings! And yeah, I'm like, that, what? that was during Tekken, <laughs> if I remember correctly. I'm like, man, they're really selling their sponsors yeah. here. So that's what we're dealing with. It, it's beginning stages, and I love the beginning stages of anything, because it's so jank at first. Mm-hmm. But the fights were so sweet. Tell well, us some of the matchups we well, got to see. Well, first off, you only watch the what you saw with us yeah, last what I, night. Yeah, what I got to see with so, them. So, it was a three-day event like normal evo is in vegas friday night uh, japan's 13 hours ahead 
So yeah, Friday night, it was like five in the morning in uh, in Eastern Standard Time for us when they did arms finals, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, for those people that know, if you want to explain what ARMS are... Oh, ARMS is the Nintendo fighting game. It's kind of like this weird boxing arena fighter. Fun game to play. Has really strong fundamentals, but there's no, like, real combo system. It's it's all, like, touch-and-go stuff. It's fun. I really enjoy the game, but competitively, it's not there yet. I'd love to see a sequel where they expand upon it, and it's at least more fun to watch. But I, I watched those grand finals. I caught the video on YouTube after. And I just said, man, ARMS isn't going to be there next year <laughs> at all. As fun as the game is, it's not a spectator's game. Was that... So, like, how did that one even get in this year? Is it so popular or did it... Like, it had just, it like, had just come out. And because they announced the games for Japanese EVO during US EVO over the summer... And ARMS had just come out, and it was probably just, let's give it a chance so we don't have people crying at us to give it a chance. Was it supposed to be, like, a big time? No, that's why they did it on, I mean, that's why they did it on Friday, first of all. But there is a scene for ARMS, but it's, like, this big. Hmm. (laughs) You know, it's very niche. You probably won't see it pop up anywhere again. If it shows up anywhere, I say it shows up at CEO as a joke. Which CEO is the big event in Florida a month before Evo. But there's been jokes about having a Xavier Woods and uh, what's... Kenny Omega? Yeah, Kenny Omega play, yeah. play arms as their game that they're going to play <coughs> against each other next year. I would love to see that. Uh, it would be fantastic. But anyway, Saturday, I didn't watch any of the Saturday games, so I couldn't tell you anything about that. I just know Blast Blue was that day and King of Fighters, I believe. And... I don't know enough about either of those games to even comment on them. So Saturday night, which would have been Sunday morning Mm -hmm. for the Japanese audience, is when we started watching the top eight for the rest of the games. And it was Smash 4, which started it off, led into Tekken 7. Led in the Guilty Gear Revelator. Oh, and, and let me just say, you know, I didn't even see. I saw Guilty Gear and Tekken. Tekken was so good this year. Oh, oh we're gonna get to it. Yeah, because you know, I, I think Tekken was the hypest of all the sets. You know, I've been uh, talking to you guys for a couple episodes. Dave and me have been playing Tekken, and like, I love Tekken this year. It's just, but yeah. I'm, you know, I'm gonna be doing Street Fighter soon for tournament play. And I like Street Fighter a lot, but Tekken has just broke the mold for fighting games this year. Oh, yeah. I still think Tekken's the best fighting game on the market. And I don't really play Tekken, so... But then it, the final game was Street Fighter V Arcade Edition, which it's it's always going to be Street Fighter yeah. as your top game. Even when Marvel's in the picture, it's still Street Fighter's your mainline game. So, I don't think we should even bother talking about Smash 4. I don't think we paid attention to Smash. 4. No, and honestly, you know what? I'm just gonna say it. I've been I've been running Smash Four tournaments for a long time. So is Richard. It's time to put the. It's you know. It's just not. It's just not as popular as it uh, once was. Well, listen, and they get, no, I won't even say that the game is popular. People love that game. I've just found I enjoy playing it more than watching it. Yeah, it's to the point where I'd rather play. It. I'm just tired of seeing it. We've been seeing it consecutively for years, and we just, I don't know, I just, I will, when it's on, I don't even look yeah, anymore. I honestly don't even remember finals off the top of my head other than MK Leo won. MK Leo's from, don't quote me on this, I think MK Leo's from Canada, but. And remember, if any of us are wrong about any of these facts, please tell us in our comments, because we would love to hear yeah, how and, much and, of a shithead we are. Hey, Leo, you can tweet us the answer of where you're from, man. Yeah, I'm sure Bad it's address, at Pod. Yeah, and I'm sure it's just at MKLeo on Twitter, so you could probably just tell him to yell at me. Yeah, I'll say send him this link and he'll be like, you assholes. I just remember Chris was stoked because he wanted him to win because he was the only not-Japanese person on there. And if you guys remember, Chris was from our wrestling podcast. We're all friends, so, you know, you'll see a lot of you'll see a lot more of these guys. I don't want you to think I just throw away my special guests. You'll see start seeing Terry from old episodes and everything else once we start doing our mini-giraffe seasons. So... So the, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, oh, no. I was just going to say... Baby giraffes. Yeah, baby giraffes. Anyways, I was just trying to segue into the next one, and I was going to say Tekken 7 was the next game, but do you want to save that one, since I'm sure you have a lot more to say about that, and we could just go over Guilty Gear real Yeah, we'll quick. go over Guilty Gear a yeah, little so bit. Yeah, so Tekken will go back to Tekken, but Guilty Gear was after that. Guilty Gear was really good. No, Guilty Explain Gear was awesome. Guilty Gear a little bit, because I'm not familiar with that Ralph, one Ralph, you take this one. So, Guilty Gear... 
I have I have this game. I like I like to buy. And here's a fun fact about me: if you look at my PlayStation, if there's a fighting game that comes out, eventually I'm going to own it because I like to have a variety of fighting games when people come over so we can play. Guilty Gear is an anime-based fighter. It's from the same people that made Blaze Blue, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, Arc System Arc works, System uh, works on Guilty Gear. Guilty Gear has been around forever. They tried the closet Guilty Gear and made. Blast Blue, the new Guilty Gear, people didn't like. Didn't work, even though I love Blaze Blue. I thought oh, yeah, it was sweet. Yeah, Blaze Blue was sweet. Um, but yeah, I enjoy it. It's it's weird because fighters like that have a very specific market, so it's maybe not very hip in America too much, but it is a very fun fighter. Yeah. If you get a chance to play it, play it. Guilty Gear is a great game. It has yeah. very unique characters. Uh, my favorite's Foss. If you get to look up some characters, look them up, and see what you think about them. I only play Eno. But yeah. if I were to get into Revelator 2, I'd definitely be playing... Uh, because I didn't, I didn't really play Zerd when it first came out either. Mm -hmm. But if I were to play, I'd be looking at uh, Jacko. I just like Jacko. I just I just choose my little characters I like looking at. And then I start learning how to play them. And unless it doesn't work out... Yeah. Really, but Jacko is pretty sweet. I think she's fun. So now, now tell me who... I believe in the finals it came down to... Uh... I have them right here. I have a nice little list. It was Nage, I, I wrote Naga for some reason, it was Nage, N-A-G-E, okay. and uh, Omito. Omito, and those are actually two big rivals, Omito won Japan, I mean, a US Evo here just previously with his Johnny, and uh, Nage and Omito go back and forth, one of them's like from the east side of Japan, the other one's from the west side, so every time they meet up, it's like this big deal, and of course they meet up again in the finals here at Japanese Evo. I'm sorry, it's called Evo Japan. I'm going to start calling it Evo Japan. But yeah, so Nage is a Foss player. Mm -hmm. He plays the pink Faust. Yep, and I love Foss because Foss is a character that sets up traps. And he sets he doesn't just set up traps, but he does comp aerial combinations with his pole. And they're really good. Like, if you can get somebody in the corner, set up a trap, open up... One of his traps is a black hole. You get the black hole going while you're going into a combo, they can't move... You're going to win. Yeah, plus, he gets to make items and weird things happen. So you, like it, I know you can do the chocolate bar, and whoever touches the chocolate bar gains health. But there's even yep. there's even useless items, like he can make the helium tank. And the only thing that happens is whoever touches it gets a high-pitched voice. Yep. Uh, he <laughs> makes a springboard trap. And if you touch yeah. it, you just go fucking off in the yeah. air. But on top of that, Foss's biggest thing is that he just has absurd reach. Yeah. Because he has this giant scalpel. His whole gimmick is he's a, looks, he's a doctor. But he's nuts. So, and he goes through like he's a paper bag for a head. Mm -hmm. You don't see his face, just the paper bag. Yeah, and with a, one eye hole. If Deadpool was a doctor, if I can do that, nah, then probably I, boss. I, I think they're kind of different types of nuts. I see where you're going with it, but. He can also make many versions of himself that'll grab you and hold you in place. And then don't forget this guy. <laughs> yeah, his special move is he takes his finger and then shoves it right up your ass. Yeah, yeah you that's... didn't see me do that motion. But yeah. That's a thing. You play the cup game and then you have to choose the devil. You're trying to find the angel inside the devil cup. Yep, so if you, you guess lose. wrong, finger up the butt. So awesome. He's absurd. Yeah, he's Sorry, great. Awesome. Uh, but then Omito, he plays Johnny. And Johnny's another character with just... Absurd reach, uh, really good, just normals. I don't, I don't know his coin mechanic. I know like he flips coins and he gets certain levels on it. I don't know if it's like a luck thing or if he gets like no idea. better frame data or stuff. Don't know enough about the game, honestly. Like I like Guilty Gear, but I'm not fluent in Guilty Gear. No, so, no, it's okay. I play casually, so yes, casually is the right word to say for me on Guilty Gear or most Arc System work games in general. I, I had a stint with Blast Blue, but I just play Iron Tagger and throw people around, uh, and that's really easy to fight against. So what I was gonna say was that Omito Johnny, previous winner of uh, US Evo. They're playing, Nage is the one in the winner spot. Omito has to reset the bracket and win out twice. Uh, have you ever explained double elimination? No, no, go ahead, go right ahead. So, make it short, everything in fighting games is going to go on a double elimination bracket, Evo including. Evo's like the tournament standard in most cases for any tournament that wants to have any shred yeah, so ability. If you, if you ever want to run a tournament near you, just... 
follow evil standard rules and odds are you're doing it right. Right. And double elimination means there's two brackets. Everybody starts in the winner's bracket. If you lose, you go to the loser's bracket. And then if you lose again, you're out of the tournament. So if you go all the way to grand finals and you win in loser's finals and you play the winner of winner's finals, you have to knock the person that is in the winner's spot into loser's bracket. Then they have to play one last set. And whoever wins that wins. So Omito's goal in this is to reset this bracket so that Nage goes in the losers and then he has to win one more set. And I know I just repeated myself, but it was important no, I drove important. that home. Yeah. All Nage has to do is win because then it means he didn't drop a set. So these guys go back and forth. Uh, the first set in winter, the grand finals, it's 2-2 two, two on the last match of the third game. And Omito clutches it out. And it's hype. Like, it's re- it was really fun to watch. And they go 2-2 two and two again. And if I remember correctly, they go 2-2 two and two again in the loser's bracket for the grand finals. And same situation. And, man, Nage was playing out of his mind. You could tell something lit up in there. He just blew Omito away. And he, I guess he'd been working so hard to just get a big win like that at a tournament like Evo Japan, which, yes, it's the first Evo Japan, but it's still Evo. Yeah. It's still important. He had not had a big win up on a stage like that before, especially against some guy that's his long-standing rival. And then here comes my man Cub Noodles getting guided by by some random person because Cub Noodles, once again, cannot see. I really, though, not even so much the games themselves. The two commentators (laughs) really, really, really made that. And they, like, it was a hype set of games, but... Man, now, it, now it, let it me was, ask you this, Richard. Is there a way they could watch these if they wanted to? Is oh, there there's, a, there's an Evo YouTube channel. I don't remember the exact name of it, but if you just type in Evo, you're going to find it on YouTube. You can also go find Evo on uh, Twitch, and I'm sure they have the VODs of those, uh, which is video on demand. Anyways, let me just give a shout out to these men. Okay. It was Majin Obama and Tasty Steve. And now Tasty Steve's a man, but I honestly, like, maybe I'm a little out of loop. These are the announcers, right? Yeah, these were the announcers for Guilty Gear. I know Tasty Steve. Tasty Steve's a man. And maybe I'm just out of the loop Mm -hmm. with all this. But Majin Obama is also (laughs) the man. Okay. (laughs) But they really make it. They'll explain stuff. They'll get you going. It was a really nice set. Are the announcers for these things, like in sports and that, you get like a former baseball or whatever player to commentary? Usually. Usually because... they're former gamers themselves? Oh, yeah. They're probably still active players. They're just not... They're just not... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, Eris, the guy that you'll watch avoiding the puddle. And I was going to say, these guys, uh, like Eris, he's a good good guy. They're very well-rounded people. I'm friends with Eris on goddamn PlayStation. Like, he... Yeah. They're the people. Yeah, I was on one of his YouTube streams. He was whooping my ass. I guarantee he, mean, might, he might not have my voice on there, but I, I was mean, getting my ass kicked. I mean, I've met a lot of these top players yeah. in different games. I've met Justin Wong. I've, I met Zero, which is the big Smash 4 player. He recently retired for a while because mm-hmm. he has health issues. But uh, I actually personally went to uh, Armada, who's one of the top melee players. I've personally been to his hotel room before and hung out with him for because he was i was trying to sell my controller to him let's be real but yeah i got to hang out with the guy and talk to him and that was cool i i, I met like flow and stuff like that i i these are all just people though and like it's no different like if i found out d stu just played fighting games you know yeah like, it's I, it, it, but there are people like me you and there's nothing special other than they kick my ass behind the arcade stick yeah and you know if you ever go to one of these things, you know, they're very approachable. They're cool. They'll sign your fight stick if you, if oh, you have a particular favorite. I mean, I got Chris's fight stick uh, signed by Ed Boon. Yeah, you know? there you but go. That was a little bit more of a who's, who's Ed Boon for those that don't oh, know? Oh, yeah, the creator of Mortal Kombat. The creator of Mortal Kombat signed my boy's fight yeah, stick. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. Chris doesn't use that arcade stick anymore. No, I, mean, I wouldn't either. I'd probably put it in a glass and he, like, sell it one I day. I just remember he showed that to his cousins and said, hey, you know whose signature that is? They're like, oh my god. Actually, I don't remember how much they cared, but I'm saying they said, oh my god. That's fine. All right, last but not least, let's get into well, it. Technically, not last but not least. We're going to, we'll do Street Fighter last, but we're just going to go through that. We'll talk about Tekken. Tekken, real so, quick. 
this year they didn't have it, but when there's a new Mortal Kombat game, is that one that's like in these tournaments too usually? Don't no? expect it in EVO Japan. Japan doesn't play Western fighting games, and there's really only one company that's Western that makes these fighting games that catch on, and that's NetherRealm Studios, which NetherRealm's underneath Warner Brothers. But that's Ed Boon's studio. They make Mortal Kombat Injustice. You didn't see Injustice at EVO Japan. That's because nobody in Japan that's notable plays Injustice. Mm, okay. You're, you'll see, like, South America, and you'll see some Europe play these NetherRealm games. But it's mostly America. And maybe, I don't know about Canada. Probably Canada. I could see Canada being big in NetherRealm games. Oh, yeah. But East Coast is really big into those NetherRealm games, too, whereas West Coast into the Capcom game. Alright, so Tekken 7. Very hype. Very, very good stuff going on. A lot of back and forth. Who were the combatants for the finals? Do you want to go through the whole thing? I don't have notes on the whole thing. Okay, fair. I, fair. But we can get into those grand finals. Okay. And I'm going to let you kind of take the lead on this one because I put more notes into the Guilty Gear but I have the names right here. We had uh, Rocks. They're from the same group. So it was Rocks Knee and Rock Chanel. And so, I believe Rocks Knee had uh, Brian Fury. He led off with Brian Fury, but he had been playing Geese, if I remember, Geese. leading up into that. And then Rocks Nell had Jack Chanel. Sit or Chanel. We'll just call him Knee and Chanel. Rocks we'll just call him Knee and Chanel. Yeah. Then when. Knee couldn't handle Elise because he got the reset. Uh, Chanel got the reset on Knee. Uh, he went from Brian Fury to, what was it, Steve? Fox? Steve, Steve Fox. Yeah, I mean, Steve is just a good character. Like, Ralph will know better, but every time I watch uh, Tekken Top Top 8, there's always a Steve, and he. it's always like, oh, that guy. Yeah. That guy that plays Steve, like... Now, he ended up taking all the way with Steve, didn't he? Well, yeah, after he switched to Steve, he won out. Yeah, he won out, and it was just immaculate, you guys really just have to see it. It was just one of the, the most hyped things to watch Steve Fox take the W. It was, uh, you remember what, what it was, was that uh, he had locked in as... Uh, Brian Fury, which was, I, I don't think was a huge surprise, but was awesome to see. I'm mm -hmm. sure he plays Brian Fury. Yeah. I, I don't know the players very well. But Chanel, who had been playing uh, Elisa, from what I know, ends up locking in with Akuma to start off with. It, yeah, so yeah, the it, first it was, match was Brian Fury versus was, Akuma. We were flipping out like, this is beautiful. And as soon as Chanel went back to Elisa, Nee started struggling. Yeah, uh, I think Nee, you could really tell Nee wanted to win. He was being reckless a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. He really wanted that win. Yeah, before uh, before the reset is what we're going at here. He like, was just throwing things out there. Yeah, he you. I wouldn't even say so much that, but he, you could see in his gameplay he was so anxious. He just wanted that win so bad, and he just couldn't get it. Because they were at 2-2, two and two, if I remember. Yeah. So all he had yep. to do was close it out, and he just couldn't close it out. And you could just see him. You could just see him fidgeting. And then when he could hit, he wouldn't throw something out because he's playing too safe. But it was I felt really bad for the guy. So it ends up getting reset. Chanel resets the bracket. But, uh... Yeah, so it wasn't quite as easy as that, though, because you forget the most hype moment of the loser what, what, set. What's that? So when uh, Chanel's Elisa can't cut it against against Steve Fox, he pulls out the wild card. We all know the most important character in Tekken 7. Oh, Lucky Chloe. My girl, Lucky Chloe. God. It didn't change or didn't change thing. anything, but it was still as hype to see. Dude, I, I'm always happy to see Lucky Chloe. Someday I'll play Tekken 7, and the only character I'll play is Lucky Chloe. It was a little bit about Street Fighter. Street Fighter? So, I've only watched Grand Finals. I have to go back and watch all the top eight. I'm putting that out there. I only watched Grand Finals so we could talk about them Just today. give them a little bit. That's fine. So, Grand Finals ended up being... Why did I erase it before I... I erased my notes before I completely remember the name. But Infiltration made it, and then this Rashid player. His name was John Takeuchi, and he's the one that made it through winners. So Infiltration, who's notably won 
three Evos with Street Fighter. He won Street Fighter 4 one year, and he's won in... He might have won in Street Fighter 4 twice. I don't know. I just remember their go, them going on the record saying he's a four... I mean, a three-time Street Fighter winner. Okay. He was... He won the first Street Fighter 5 tournament at Evo, but Takedo won last year against uh, Punk at Street Fighter 5. So, he probably won at Street Fighter 4 twice. I know he's at least won two. Okay. <laughs> Anyways... Um, Takeda's from South Korea, if I remember correctly, and uh, John Takeuchi is a Japanese player. And John Takeuchi isn't a sponsored person. Uh, meanwhile, Infiltration is sponsored, but Takeuchi plays um, what's his name, Rashid, who is a who is I apparently love yeah, I love Rashid too. Who doesn't love Rashid, right? But I guess Rashid's ridiculous now with uh, the Arcade Edition balance patch oh, for nice. season three. I guess they really took the Sleep Fighter critiques to heart. You've, have you ever heard those? Uh, the game was too slow and blah, blah, blah. They really took oh, that okay. to heart. I guess it's very offense-heavy right now. And Rashid's nuts. I bet Ken Masters is probably great right now. I don't know where he'd rank, but I, I feel like Ken Masters will always be like mid-tier. Uh, so he makes it the winners with that, and Infiltration is uh, Manat main, and Manat's one of the new characters from Season 2 that's a brand new character to the Street Fighter universe. And she's Rose's uh, apprentice, yada yada, whatever. He, he, I don't remember who he lost to in winners, but he goes to losers. He cleans up handily in losers. His losers finals was against Daigo, and Daigo plays Guile, and if I heard correctly, that was a very good set as well. And just for, so you know, Daigo's one of the oldest guys in the game. He's been playing since Street Fighter 2. How old is he? I don't know how old he is off the top of my head. Okay. He's older than us. Oh, damn. And I'm going to tell you guys right now, it doesn't seem like a big deal because you think about video games, but it depends on how you think about it. In the video game community, the older you get, your reflex is slow. It gets harder and harder to be that champion you want to be. People don't understand that now, officially, now that we're a sport, fighting games take a lot of repetition, a lot of memory. The older you get, and reflexes, and reflexes harder it gets. I'm surprised he's not rubbing right. Ben Gay on his hands after every match. Yeah, no, Daigo is called the Beast for a reason. Yeah, but Daigo did lose to Infiltration. They're both two of the best players in the game. Mm-hmm. You know, Daigo's just older, and Infiltration's older too. While John Takeuchi's a young guy, kind of like last year, Punk was a young guy against Takeda, who's an older guy. Mm-hmm. The younger guys have the better reflexes, but the older guys have the experience. So it's literally a generational thing, in a sense. But we also know that Infiltration can play a lot of characters. He just hasn't been playing a lot of characters. He's only been playing Monop. He walks into Grand Finals. He picks Jury Han. And Jury is not considered a very good character. The Arcade Edition gave her some balances that made her a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Like, she's maybe low mid now and not just low tier. But Infiltration bust out Jury last year, too. This is not the first time we've seen him play Jury. He stands by that character. I don't know if he just likes playing Jury or if he just likes Jury in general. I mean, Jury's a cute character. I won't blame him. But she's not great by any standards but it was an answer and infiltration ends up winning and it was so fascinating for see him take this character because jury's thing now instead of having like the weird fireball kicks and stuff she still has it but you store charges you got to watch him like control the pace of the match and uh john takauchi is flying around the screen doing crazy rashid rashid stuff but Here's infiltration, like, okay, you're still playing my game, you know? And he, yeah. every time he knocks him down, he gets his charges in, sets up this shit. I wasn't super hype watching the whole set, but man, I had a good time watching it. It was a good set, and mm-hmm. infiltration won, but John Takeuchi, he was very admirable, the showing he put on. I mean, he got to grand finals through winners. And you, Man, that's not an easy task. No, it's not. It means you get to play less games, but it also means you played the best of the best to get there, and you won. And it's a harder road going through losers because a lot of those guys have to come back down to losers, and you have to play a lot more games. But, I mean, every to get to grand finals through winners is just as much of a feat. Yep. I agree. 
All right, everybody. So, you know, now that we're done talking about uh, Japanese Evo or Japan Evo. Evo Japan. Evo Japan. Japan. These two knows. I think that wraps it up for this episode of Giraffes Have Black Tongues. And uh, I'm Ralph. I'm Dave. And thank you, Richard, our special guest, who we'll be probably seeing a lot more of. So, uh, do you have a Twitter or anything? anything My Twitter is useless. My my Twitter is my go-to to... uh, Sign up for Amazon giveaways at this point, so don't follow me on Twitter. If you really want to follow me on anything, you can check out my YouTube page. Uh, should just, you know what? You can look up my username, just Radiant Burrito, on there if I remember correctly. That's the same name I've had forever. Radiant Burrito. Yeah, it's exactly what it sounds like. And that's your YouTube. Yes. Okay. All right. So yeah, look them up on Radiant Burrito. Uh, don't forget to follow us, subscribe to all of our uh, podcast subscription channels. Go to the Facebook page, join that shit, rate yes. it, fucking love it. Yes, and listen, uh, you know what? He brings up a good point. Uh, rate it. Don't forget we're on Google Music. iTunes. iTunes. We're on TuneIn. We're on the podcast app. And when you have an iPhone, the podcast app, because that is a totally separate entity. And, uh, yeah, anything else there? Follow us on Twitter as well, at Giraffes, HBT Pod. Yeah, but when are you going to be on NPR One app? I'm kidding. In the very near future, we're, <laughs> Maybe, yeah, we're one, movers and shakers over here, Richie. Yeah, one, one day, sir. We're on that come up. And don't forget about our Facebook page, Giraffes Have Black Tongues, and don't forget to stay tuned for Baby Giraffes happening on YouTube very soon. Yeah, follow soon. that shit on YouTube, too. Look out for that. All right, so anything else from you? I'm good. All right. We'll see you guys when we see you. We out.